0: Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, ladies. It's Crystal Iram here, and I'm really excited. We are going to be talking today about the reasons that you are single when you would really love to be coupled up. So obviously, I'm not going to be listing every single reason. This is not entirely inclusive, but I'm going to go over some of the biggest reasons and some of the most common reasons. Without further ado, let's dive in. So the reasons that you may be single. The first reason, and this is actually a very, very common reason, you are emotionally unavailable. Okay, this is very common. You're emotionally unavailable. So one of the most common patterns with single women is loving emotionally unavailable men, or sometimes not even emotionally, sometimes just unavailable men, men that are in other relationships, men that don't want to be in committed relationships, and on and on. So I have all types of women in my world. I have worked with millionaires, multimillionaires, lawyers, doctors, CEOs, teachers, entrepreneurs, coaches, you know, single moms, like all across the gamut. And this is one of the most common things that I see sort of regardless of where they are in any other part of their lives. So here's what this looks like. You are attracted to emotionally unavailable men. You keep dating emotionally unavailable men. And you say, I want a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship, but you know for some reason, every guy that I meet is unavailable. Why is that? It doesn't make any sense. They're mirroring you. They're not available because you're afraid of commitment. Probably just about as much as he is. So you think you want a committed relationship, but the truth is, is you're terrified of commitment. And if you met someone that you liked, who liked you back, who was ready for a real commitment, you wouldn't even know what to do. And it's a lot easier this way because you can look at the situation and sort of put it outside of yourself, right? Well, it's not my fault. I want a relationship. It's just all these jerks out here. No, no, no. They are mirroring you. We've talked about the mirror principle before, but I'll mention it again. It's like looking in a mirror. You don't expect the mirror to smile before you do. You, as a person, and your inner world, that is the image. The world is the mirror. The world is just reflecting you. So it's the same thing with these men. And listen, this one can be a hard one to take, okay? I had this particular pattern. I loved emotionally unavailable men. That was my thing. And I was like, I wouldn't have heard it, okay? Now, some of you have been in my world for a while, and so you are more evolved than I was at the very beginning of my journey. And some of you haven't. And this is gonna be like, nope, I don't buy it. It's not my fault. It's not about blaming yourself. It's about recognizing that you do have a role in all of this. And recognizing this is really powerful because there's a willingness to shift it. But here's the thing. If you have a fear of commitment, the easiest thing for you to do, the easiest way for that to be reflected is by attracting emotionally unavailable men. Once you change that, when you no longer have that pattern, you're not going to be as turned on by guys who are unavailable. That's not going to be hot to you. You're just going to be like, oh, this guy isn't serious. He's not looking for what I'm looking for. And you're going to be able to very quickly and easily say, no, thank you. I don't want this. If you're finding that you're already three months, six months in, even, you know, a couple of weeks when you're really liking someone before you're sort of acknowledging this person isn't available for the kind of relationship that I want, it's because they're reflecting something in you, okay? So that's the first one. You're attracting emotionally unavailable people because you are unavailable. Number two, you're treating red flags like yellow lights. So most of the time, not always, But way more often than not, red flags, deal breakers, they're present from the very beginning of the relationship. You can be dating someone and you could pick up on something on a first date, on a second date, hell, sometimes even before you've gone out with the guy. And you just keep going, usually because there's something about him that you really like. You're really attracted to him. You have really great chemistry. He's super sexy. He's really rich, right? So you're like, I'm gonna overlook these things in the hopes that it'll shift. I have women tell me things like, you know, I met this guy online and we were talking and he just had everything that I wanted, but he kept saying really inappropriate things to me. You know, he's being really sexual and he kept sending me dick pics, even though I'm looking for a real relationship. And then we went out and he was really sexual, and I just don't understand why. Like, there's so much potential there, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm just like, He was telling you, like, he was sending you dick pics. He was telling you from the beginning what he wanted. And you were just like too blinded by the potential you thought was there. Right. Like, often we can tell, we pick up on things. We pick up on things and we put our heads in the sand. We're like, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to think about this. I'm going to ignore that. It's not important. But it is important. Right. Like, Another big one. This one's was this is crazy, but this happens is that women will get involved with someone who's already in a relationship, right? They'll have a crush on a guy who's married or who has a serious girlfriend or has a girlfriend or is living with someone. And then he breaks up with her to get with the other one. And she's like surprised that she's having a hard time trusting him. And I'm like, you know he's a cheater (laughs) of course you don't trust him and of course you shouldn't trust him he's a cheater he's already shown you who he is and how he shows up in relationships now am i saying that every single time someone leaves a relationship they're always going to continue doing that no i'm not saying that but like why would you play with that like what a way to start a relationship right If you want to have a happy, healthy, loving, committed, lasting relationship with a high quality, high value man with integrity, he's not going to be starting relationships like that, right? Like that's very, very clear how he operates. Or, you know, you see a guy who gets really overheated about something and you're just like, hmm, this doesn't seem like the sort of thing that he should be losing his mind over. Or you're on a first date and he won't stop talking about himself. And you're like, you know, he has a lot going for him and he's super charming. So you're overlooking the fact that he literally has not asked a single question about you. He's not taking any interest in you. And then you're shocked three months later when it's like, oh, I think he's maybe kind of narcissistic. It's like, yeah, no kidding. Like he doesn't have capacity to care or be concerned about another person. And he showed you that. He was being charming at first, but when someone won't stop talking about himself, that's not normal. (laughs) That's That's not normal. So you want to, what do we always say? The purpose of dating is for vetting, right? You're using this time to vet. Also enjoy yourself, but you're really gathering information, trying to determine if this is someone you could have a real relationship with. So if you gather information, don't just gather the information and put it in a little box and leave it alone. No, gather the information and then use it as needed. Meaning once you've seen, oh, this was a red flag and this is also a red flag, I'm maybe not going to wait for that third one. You just sort of cut it off and keep it moving. If you're going to get coupled up with someone, especially if you're someone who wants to move from single to married pretty quickly, it's only possible when there are no red flags. Okay, I have shared stories of my clients that have gone from, you know, single to engaged in three months, six months, a year, things like that. And that's fine. That is totally possible. But they all had experiences where there were zero red flags. If there's a red flag, you have to use that information. At the very least, you need to really, really keep it in mind and slow things down. You can't just be like, well, I really want to get married within the year. So I noticed this red flag, but I'm going to go for it. Right? That's how you end up in a relationship with someone. And you're like, oh, turns out I didn't really know that guy so well. This probably wasn't the best choice. So you've got to really pay attention to the red flags and use the information that you gather. Okay, let's keep it moving. Number three, you will not afford what you actually desire and you keep settling for less. So this is what happens when you're claiming to want a man who has certain qualities, who has reached a certain level in his life, and who treats you in a very particular way, right? Someone who treats you well. But the truth is that the second you meet someone who is really rich or really hot or you have really great chemistry with you, forget about all of the other requirements, right? If you have great chemistry and he's well off, you're going to be like, forget that he doesn't treat me well. Forget that he doesn't call when he says he's going to. Forget that he doesn't want the same kind of relationship idea, right? Or maybe for you, maybe chemistry is really your kryptonite. And it's like nothing else can matter. He could be completely unstable, you know, emotionally, mentally, financially, but you've got good chemistry. So you're like, well, forget that I couldn't build a life with this person. I'm hooked because of the chemistry. Maybe it's the humor. Maybe it's the witty banter for you. Maybe it's that you have a shared love of music. You know, it's very interesting to me because sometimes people read too far into shared interests right? So it will be like, oh my God, we both love music so much. And I'm like, everybody loves music. Oh my God, we both really love traveling. We love traveling. We're super excited to travel together. And it's just like, most people love traveling. I'm like, if you hate music, tell me about that. That is interesting, right? If you're like, oh my God, I hate music. It really just isn't pleasant to me. That is interesting. That is different. If you find a dude who also hates music, that's unique, right? If you find a guy who's like, I hate traveling. I find it exhausting. It's not fun to me. That's interesting. That's different. When you're looking for these common interests that are sort of the lowest common denominator because the majority of people like them, it doesn't mean so much. You know, it makes me think about, there was this movie called um, Three Identical Strangers. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And it was about these three men who were identical triplets who were adopted. And the adoption agency never told the parents that were adopting them that they had siblings, that they had, you know, triplets, that there was two others. Because each of the parents who adopted one of the boys said, you know, if I had known that he had brothers, I would have wanted the brothers as well. And they reconnected as adults. Okay, so they're all in their 20s and they reconnected. You know, it was like the Two of the boys found each other. You know, they ended up at the same college and people were mistaking them for each other and they figured out that they were twins. And it became a news story. And then the third one saw them in the news and was like, oh my gosh, I'm the third. <laughs> like, those are my my brothers. And so they're doing all of this, all, all this news basically. Like they were getting a lot of press and sharing their story and they were on talk shows and all this and that. And they kept going back to you know, certain things that they had in common. They all liked the same, same kind of gum and you know, just different things like that. They listened to the same sort of music and there was a certain way that they moved that was all the same. And they're doing these rounds of talk shows and they keep going back to these things that they have in common because it's like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. But it was interesting because as they got to know each other, they found that they actually really did not have that much in common beyond what they had already discovered, these very surface level things. And they'd had very different upbringings with the families that had raised them. And they had very different emotional lives. They were very, very different people. And I don't want to give it away because it was actually kind of interesting. So if you haven't seen it, you could totally watch it. But they ended up having vastly different paths they had tried to really work together and sort of build businesses together and do things together and be a really close part of each other's lives but they really had very different paths and it's the same thing that i see when people are dating they focus on these very shallow things that are not going to lead to an actual happy relationship right they're like oh my gosh we have the same favorite song oh my gosh we were both at the same concert four years ago can you believe it oh my gosh we grew up around the corner from each other It's like, it could mean something, but it could just be a coincidence. So don't overread into these interests. You want to really stay focused on what you truly desire, what your actual standards are. Okay? So this is a really big one. If you're allowing yourself to be blinded by chemistry, blinded by shared interests, blinded by attraction, then you need to upgrade that. Because basically, you're making the same choices that you would have made at like 15 or 16, right? You're grown-up now. You want to make better choices. So the next one. You are letting your ego take the lead. Meaning that you're so unwilling to see things differently, to do things differently, to consider an approach other than exactly what you've been doing. You're like, this is what I've been doing and I'm going to keep on doing it no matter what. And you're not making the progress that you want to make. You're not seeing the results that you want. But you refuse to do anything different. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't think it's gonna work for me. I don't see how that's gonna help. Right? And you like think that you're being positive, you think that you're being optimistic, you think that you're manifesting, but there's this very staunch refusal to go at all outside of your comfort zone to see things differently, to try things differently. You know, if you think about like other areas of your life where you've really excelled and you're like, In every other area, I've hired mentors or I've hired coaches or I've gone to trainings or I've done courses or I've gone to seminars. You know, you do all these things to grow in your career, but you won't take that same seriousness to your love life, to, you know, what you want. And it's really interesting because most people... I think could honestly say that at the end of the day, nothing to them is more important than their personal life. Like nothing is more important than the family that you want to create or the person that you want to spend your life with. Like what bigger or more significant decision is there? But they're not willing to treat it with that same level of gravitas. If you've been someone who's just like determined to do things your own way and refuse to see things differently and you're like, I'm going to figure it out on my own even though I've been trying to figure it out and I'm not getting anywhere... Then that would be a reason, right? Like there's support available, and you're like, I won't take it. I'm gonna keep doing things my way. I'm not trying to hear that. Another thing that really fits in well with this is that you aren't willing to do hard things when it comes to creating the kind of relationship you want, right? You're like, well, that doesn't sound fun to me, or like, that doesn't feel good. And when we're Up leveling, when we're developing new skills, when we're doing something different, there's always going to be a little bit of discomfort. Now, it doesn't have to be like this is the most miserable thing I've ever done in my life because I've talked about this before. If you're hating the process, it's hard to create a result you're really happy about. But sometimes you have to teach yourself to learn to love the process so you can love the end result. And it's not always going to be the easiest or most fun thing. You know, when I, during the year of the man, like I dated a lot and I'm an introvert. Like, through and through. And it was not natural or, like, the easiest thing for me to get used to going out on dates with different people all the time. I got really nervous. I sometimes got really self-conscious. And sometimes I just wanted to be by myself. You know, so I'm not saying that I had to date to the point where I actually did go out every single night. But I got to the point where I could, where I was able to become uncomfortable for long enough that I could train myself to approach it differently right and so then it was fun it didn't stay as hard like it started out hard and it didn't stay as hard because I started seeing better results right like every time I went out the guy was like oh my gosh you're incredible I can't wait to see you again and I was like "Mm, we'll see you know? It put me in such a different position. And I realized that part of the reason I hated wasn't just because I was an introvert. It's because I wasn't getting the kind of results I wanted. I felt like I was always falling for people, and they were always on the fence about me. But once everyone was crazy about me, I was like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> Dating is great. <laughs> Men love me, right? It was a totally different vibe. Sorry, you can probably hear my dogs losing their mind in the back. Oh, puppies. What are you going to do? Okay, so let me just do a really quick recap, and then we'll cover the last two points. So the first one, you're attracted to people who are unavailable because you're unavailable. The second one was you're treating red flags like yellow lights or like yellow flags. Okay. The next one is that you're not affording what you actually desire and you keep settling for less. The fourth one was that you're allowing your ego to get in the way right? You're not willing to see things differently. You're not willing to step outside of your comfort zone. The fifth one, you're blaming men. You're blaming apps. You're blaming today's culture. You're blaming the city you live in. You're blaming anything and everything except for yourself. You're not taking responsibility for what is showing up, okay? You're putting your focus fully on your circumstances. You're focusing entirely on your circumstances. And You're like, well, I don't like this. I don't like this and there's nothing I can do about it. It's not my fault. I can't control it. You're just completely at effect, right? Rather than being the cause, you're seeing yourself as completely at effect. You're seeing yourself as a victim of your own love life. So you are, you're stopping yourself. You're stopping yourself because you're not willing to take any level of responsibility or accountability. And it's hard. It's hard to admit that like, Maybe I am responsible for some of this. Maybe if I did things differently, things could be different. It doesn't feel good because then you have to look at everything you've created so far and you have to admit that like you haven't been perfect. You haven't been doing everything right, but there's so much power in that. When you're willing to say, I am responsible for this, I am the only one who has control over this, that's when you have the power to choose differently. And here's the tricky thing about this is that most of us do not want to be powerful. Most of us are afraid of actually having power, of actually saying, yes, I'm able to create what I want in my life. Yes, I've created what's happened so far in my life. It's scary. It feels heavy. It feels like responsibility. It's so much easier to just sort of like go along with what's been happening, to just sort of be carried along by the stream of life, if you will, for better or for worse. You know, for some of you, that's going to be great. You're going to be in a much higher place because your mindset generally is still creating what you want. But for most people, it's not going to be fully there, right? Like you're just going along and it's going to be very mediocre. It's not going to be at all what you're capable of, what you know is possible for you and what you truly desire. So that willingness to take responsibility is incredibly powerful. So when you say, I am not going to blame any men. I am not going to blame guys for being emotionally unavailable. I'm not going to blame men for being afraid of commitment. I'm not going to blame the dating apps. I'm not going to blame, you know... Instagram or, you know, any, or, you know, the society at large or our our larger culture, when I'm just going to take responsibility for what's showing up in my life, you can do things differently, right? You can decide, you can decide who you actually spend time with. You can decide how people show up for you. And it's not ever about saying to someone else, here's what I want. You need to do this, right? Like we're not putting it on someone else. This is what I want. So now you have to be that. You need to be different. It's about saying, I know what I want. I know what I deserve. I know what my standard is. And if you don't desire, if you're not able or if you're not willing to meet that, that's fine. You get to go on your merry way and I get to go on my merry way. But so many people are afraid of walking away. Women tell me all the time, well, I already started dating this guy. Like, No, he's not treating me that well, but I really like him. And it's like, what do you think is going to (laughs) happen? What do you think is going to happen? If it's not great in the beginning, why is it going to be better later, right? And it's not about forcing someone else to be different. You get to be different. You get to choose differently. But you always have to be willing to walk away. And the reason so many people aren't willing to walk away is because they believe in scarcity more than they believe in abundance. They have a much stronger belief that they cannot have what they want than that they can If you're believing I'm never going to have the kind of love that I want, then obviously you're going to stay in relationships that are subpar. Obviously, you're going to stay with men that don't treat you well, right? But if you believe in abundance, if you're believing there are incredible, incredible men everywhere, I am worthy and deserving of great treatment. I know the kind of woman that I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know what I want. And I don't have fear around it. When you operate with that level of certainty, that's going to be magnetic. You're going to call in the things that you want without so much drama, right? Without overwhelm, without so much fear. You can just operate as your most authentic self and you can connect with people that connect with that. And it always is coming down to a decision. You know, you have to think about it like the difference between doing something versus trying to do something. If I say to you, try and lift up your left arm, try and lift up your arm, you're like, nothing's nothing's happening. Like, what does that even mean? If you're just like, I'm going to lift up my arm, and you lift up your arm, it's as simple as that. Like, it honestly is as simple as that, but we don't think it's as simple as that, so it's more complicated than that, right? But it is that simple. It really is. You don't try. You just do. You make the decision. I'm choosing now to see things differently. I'm choosing now to operate differently. I'm choosing now to have things happen for me in a different way. It's a decision that can be made in an instant. But what happens is people start to make the decision, and just as quickly as they made the decision, they back out of it. And they're like, oh, oh but, but am, I, am I doing it right? I, I don't know if I can actually do this, All right? The first step, the first thing you need to do is just have a willingness to take completely responsibility for everything that is showing up. Okay, the next reason that you are single when what you really want is to be coupled up is you are waiting for permission. You're waiting for permission, meaning you're waiting for permission to make this a priority in your life. You are waiting for some other milestone before you decide, I'm really going to put my energy and my time and my attention on this thing that I actually really care about. You're saying, I'm going to wait until I lose 20 pounds or 20 kilo or 10 kilo, depending on where you are in the world, right? (laughs) I'm going to wait until I lose weight. I'm going to wait until I get this particular raise. I'm going to wait until, you know, my hair grows out. I'm going to wait until whatever. I'm going to wait until I make a certain amount of money, until I start my business, until I do this, that, or the other, until I buy a house. You're waiting to make it a priority, But I want to give you a permission slip right now to make this a priority in your life. Many women, for whatever reason, are afraid to admit that this is something that's really important to them, to admit that this matters to me, right? It's like almost embarrassing to raise your hand and say, I care about meeting my husband. I care about having a relationship. It's almost embarrassing. We've gotten so conditioned to say, like, I don't need a man, right? I don't need a man. Stop it. If that is something you're saying, stop it right now. If you want a relationship, if you want to have a loving relationship with a really incredible, high-quality man, then just admit it. Admit you want a man, and it's okay to need a man. And here's the other thing. Men like to be needed, okay? And there's a difference between having needs and being needy. If you are with someone who you don't need, he's going to feel that. If you are needy with someone, he's going to feel that, right? And the difference is that one is attractive. Men like to be needed. Being needy is unattractive. And that's when your needs for him go beyond just what you can enjoy from the relationship with him to this to this idea that like you wouldn't be okay without him, right? Where it's like all of my emotional well-being is being placed on you. If you don't call me when you say you're going to call, I'm going to lose my mind. If you don't move the relationship forward the way that I want, I can't handle it, right? That's neediness. So give yourself permission to make this a priority. Be willing to say, yes, this is important to me. Yes, this is something I want. Yes, I'm willing to take action to create the result that I want in my life, okay? Ah, So that was a mouthful, right? Thank you, ladies all, so much for joining me. You're amazing. I adore you all. I love, love, love being in this space with you. And I hope to see all your beautiful faces again then. Bye. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.